This episode of the Stock Market Movers podcast is brought to you by Calamero St Helliers. Calamero is one of Auckland's best rated pizza shops. We, like everyone else, are closed, at least for the foreseeable future, but we hope to see you when we open again for pickup and delivery. Check out calamero.co.nz for more information. That is C-A-L-I-M-E-R-O.co.nz. It is Saturday, the 4th of April, 2020. My name is Jeremy Medlin, and welcome to episode 79 of the Stock Market Movers podcast. Just a quick reminder that nothing that I say today should be considered financial advice. Any interpretation of any data or anything like that is based off my own opinions. And if you're looking for financial advice, I recommend that you speak to an authorised financial advisor. Right, so it was another big week of updates on the NZX. Just from the perspective of making a stock market podcast about the NZX, it's it's quite easy at the moment. Sometimes you go through periods of time when there's no real material, but at the moment... As you know, with what's going on, there's there's no shortage at all. Um, so let's start with Tourism Holdings, THL on the NZX. They exited their joint venture Togo in the United States. They want to focus on the Australasian market. Um, their ventures in the United States has been a bit of a disaster for them. Um, they're in partnership with an RV company in the United States called Thor Industry. Um, Thor trades on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker code THO. Quite a It's quite a cool name for a company, Thor Industries. Um it's actually quite funny how it was um, named that way as well. So it was founded in 1980 by a chap called Wade Thompson and Peter Orthwine, I think it's 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 pronounced. Um, so the name Thor combined the first two letters of each entrepreneur's name. So Thompson, T-H, and Orthwine, O-R. So quite a nice little story. They were a real darling of a stock. The stock for a while was just reaching, as they grew their earnings quite quickly, it kept on reaching new highs. But what was happen- what, what happened was they grew their earnings in a time where the industry had cyclical tailwinds um, and people seemed to forget that RVs are a cyclical industry. Why is it a cyclical industry? It's because it's a discretionary spend for people. Um, it's a bit, a bit like in the same way how a car is a discretionary spend, so it's cyclical. So obviously when things tighten up as they are at the moment, for example, you can defer that RV purchase or you can defer that car, car purchase into the future. You say, oh, things are a bit tough at the moment. Let's wait a year before we get in your car. It's exactly the same way. Um, anyway, Thor, like Tourism Holdings, are, are down a lot from their peak. I think THL has largely done a poor job of allocating its capital. They sort of plunged into all this expansion at, at the peak of the market cycle. I used to be an owner of THL. I think I sold out around the time they introduced the dividend reinvestment scheme. It's often a signal that a, a company is having cash flow issues when they introduce a dividend reinvestment scheme. Basically, they don't want to lose face by cutting the dividend. Instead, they should new shares. So, THL's essentially come out of this venture in the United States with their tail between their legs. Um, and obviously it's not helped by the situation at the moment that most of the New Zealand businesses are probably generating little to no revenue. So I think they probably should have been keeping their powder dry for situations like this. Um, obviously the, the first reason is that it's easier to ensure the survival of the company. The second reason is that I imagine there are going to be some fantastical opportunities coming up in this space and they pretty much won't be able to take advantage of it. Um, instead, they did all their investing at the top of the cycle. So it's sort of like the oil industry. You, you don't want to be buying oil stocks when oil was at $150 a barrel. Um, but, you know, a bit off topic, yes, but I think that a savvy oil investor that could figure out 
what companies they don't you don't even need to figure out what companies are going to prosper in the oil sector i think you just need to figure out what companies are going to survive and have durable businesses um you know you can make a lot of money at the moment right the next stock we're going to talk about sticking with the travel theme is circo that sko on the nzx and i think the asx now as well um obviously being a travel stock um shares have plunged 52-week high of $5.80 per share and 52-week low of $0.87. Cents. They've since doubled since that low and are around $2 a share. So they provide, I guess, corporate travel management software solutions. Um, so they're a company even at the $200 million or $2 a share trading price at the moment. They're trading on a lot of future potential. Um, you know, the, the association with the travel industry and the likely drop in future revenues has caused the stock to crash. They provided a, a market update during the week, um, the first bullet point of the update is business travel disruption arising as a result of COVID-19 has significantly impacted international travel revenue. However, Circo is in a strong cash balance position following its capital raising in October 2019. Remember that date, October 2019, because we're going to talk about two different capital raisings on this podcast now. So I would say that was a good time to raise capital for Circo. Basically, in October 2018, the share price was trading pretty high, at least compared to what it is now. So they were able to raise cash at, at quite a high price um, compared to Kathmandu, which we'll talk about later. So they pointed out that they have $42 million in the bank and they're expecting to burn $2 million a month to the end of financial year 2021. So they're making that assumption based on the fact that international travel is going to be low. Um, my interpretation of reading between the lines of the update is that they don't have too much to do apart from sit around and develop their product. Um, so I guess they're hoping to pick up more business when travel restrictions ease. They said that the full year results will no will no will take sorry will take longer to finalise given the unprecedented economic situation. That's a bit annoying. Um, it's a slight red flag to me. I, I don't see any reason why Circo can't put out their numbers on time. Um, well, not on time. They'll have to do it before a certain date, but in the time frame that they originally said. Uh, I mean, it, it, it should be pretty straightforward. Maybe they want to update all the reporting to take into consideration the future impact of the coronavirus. I'm not sure, but it's a bit disappointing. Right, the next stock is Sky City. They trade on the NZX under the ticker code SKC. In normal times, being a casino, they are a very durable business, um, but not in times when everything gets <laughs> shut down because of a pandemic. Um, so they're a regulated monopoly, pretty much. That's why they're a durable business. You try open another casino, you'll find that you can't. So that's why they've they've got such a good business. Um, we all saw what is happening there during the week. They released an update. Um, they said they're supportive of the government shutdown. I think announcements like this, as announcements like this gather momentum, people might become less supportive of the shutdown. So the company has more than 5,000 people on the payroll, so it's a significant company. All of their businesses are closed um, in New Zealand and Australia. So it's a classic case of so many companies at the moment. Revenue has disappeared, but costs have remained. So 90 million in lost revenue per month, that's where it stands at the moment. Labor costs alone for the company, they said are around $20 million a month. Um, the company's gonna stop capital expenditure. This is how recessions look like, right? People get laid off and CapEx is stopping. Now, the, the difference here is it's literally stopped in its tracks. I guess in 2008, 2009, it was a slower process. Companies, you know, they might have lost, I'm just making it up, you know, you, you don't lose all your revenue in, in, in 
the global financial crisis, they wouldn't have lost all their revenue for the month. They would have lost some, of course, and it's a much slower process. So the company said if it were not for the government wage subsidy, they'll be letting 700 people go. They've instead let 200 people go with immediate effect. My guess is that there'll be more job losses to come from Sky City. I, I don't think they really have any choice, as with so many companies at the moment, is that solvency is going to become the driving factor and not necessarily keeping people on board. So it just has this massive big flow and impact from there. The next stock is Z Energy, um, that's Z-E-L on the NZX and the ASX. It's funny at the moment, you read company announcements and it's literally just grim text on one or two pages. <laughs> Normally these company announcements are full of nice pictures, you know, of Z, it's, you know, their, their petrol stations with a nice background or pictures of happy customers filling up cars. Now it's just bland announcements, which is understandable really when you consider the economic disaster that is unfolding around us. So in the announcements it talks of low refining margins, low refining margins um, and the COVID-19 crisis. At least this is a company that is still considered an essential service and can trade. Um, but as you know, let's be honest, people are not filling out their car very much at the moment. I mean, I don't think I'll be filling out my car anytime soon. I probably used to fill out my car once a week. I'm on average. So it's going to be impacting their revenues. Um, they're guiding to 355 to 365 million. It's a, it's a poorly, poorly worded sentence in their update. They, they do not say what the 355 to 365 million is. Is it revenue? Is it profit? Is it profitable tax? Is it operating profit? You know. Um, so if you knew nothing about Z, you would not know, but they do mean profit. Um, the Z stock is very cheap on this basis. The market cap is currently around 1.2 billion. Um, so you're looking at the sort of three times earnings there, um, at least past earnings. Like everything though, past earnings, let's face it, earnings are going to drop um, at least the short-term future and you don't know what the long-term impact is going to be. So you can't really base things off past earnings at the moment. It's going to take at least a few years for companies to recover their historical earnings. Um, so in light of what's happening, they've cancelled their dividends. They've recently struggled to pay their dividend anyway. Um, I remember looking through the cash flow, cash flow statement on a, another podcast and they basically had to pay debt to support take on debt to support their dividend. Um, so what you're seeing across the board in the NZX now is, is a wholesale cutting of dividends. Um, it's understandable. Companies are, are choosing to hold on to cash because, let's face it, they have no idea what's going to happen next and they'll need it because most of them have lost their revenue but they still got their costs. One thing I'll would, I would caution against is, is the assumption that when things return to normal, and I've got normal in air quotes there, that dividends will just get reinstated at, at, at previous levels. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think dividends will be slowly reinstated at at, at levels below historical payout ratios. Um, the first reason for this is because companies are going to be making less money for a while, so they're going to have less dividends to pay out. The second reason is that companies are going to be nervous. Um, you know, they're not going to want to just pay out all the cash to shareholders because. You know, by some accounts, this coronavirus thing could hang around for years. So they're not going to rush back into it again. I think it could be a few years before dividends return to normal. And again, we've got normal in air quotes. Um, Zed's spending their capital expenditures, again, like other companies. I think the mantra is going to be if it's not important in the short term, companies are just not going to spend on that sort of thing at the moment. It's it's damage control, not growth, that companies are going to be focusing on in the, in the near term. Um, they're also talking to, 
to banks about working capital, which is a little bit of a, a red flag here. Um, the company also talked about the sudden drop in oil prices and the New Zealand dollar relative to the US. It was funny, the oil drop. I, I remembered it happened overnight in New Zealand, I think, from memory. So we knew about it in the morning and pretty much later in the afternoon, there was idiotic articles on stuff about how the drop had not been passed on to customers. I mean, give them a chance, right? They did drop, and they, and they point this out in the update, that they did drop petrol prices quite quickly. Um, so they, they will provide some greater detail. They, they, they did provide some great detail, sorry, in, in the f- about the report from the first week of lockdown. So the first two days they had a, a above average volume. Um, then when the lockdown hit, there was an 80% decrease um, and store sales dropped 40%. So, you know, even a, an essential service is... You know their their revenues are getting smashed at the moment, so it's going to have a major impact. So, you know, you talk we talked about three times earnings at the start of that segment. You know, it's not going to be three times future earnings. So let's watch how this one plays out. So right on to the main event of the evening. That was or of the week. Sorry, that was Kathmandu, KMD on the NZX and KMD on the ASX. So shares of KMD have a fifty-two week high of three dollars sixty-four per share and a fifty-two week low of seventy of 70 cents which is around where they're trading now so i'll try to go into a bit more detail here than we went into the other stocks so let's start by going back in time don't have to go that far back in time but back in time so Kathmandu has been quite aggressive in their growth strategy and they've been and they've been acquisitive so they purchased oboe's shoe company which i thought was a good sensible acquisition it made a lot of sense to me there um then they tried to take a big swing well they did take a big swing they tried to hit a six a big homer um, and that, they purchased Ripco. Um, so the reason I say it was a big swing because there was a lot of money relative to their market capitalization. Um, so this was October 2019. Um, they spent $350 million. They did this with a mixture of share issuance and debt raising. Um, when you actually look at the calendar of this, they, they couldn't have got the timing worse. <laughs> so the, the consequences of this was that they have a much bigger business. And you can see that on their financial statements in the most recent report. So inventories, for example, have doubled to $250 million. <laughs> You can probably expect some pretty big discount sales when Kathmandu reopens. They'll have a lot of stock to clear. Um, intangible assets you know, increased from 384 to $634 million. Most of this was goodwill, but still... Um, but here is the important number: debt increased to three hundred thirteen million um, from just over twenty five million in July two thousand nineteen. So during this period, the company drastically increased the level of risk on their balance sheet. There's no doubt about it. Whatever way you cut it, so let's go back to the income statement. Look at the interest expenses. I'm sort of estimating they're going to have to pay about eight hundred k a month in interest. Um, but working their way through the income statement, cost of sales, they're not going to have that. They're not going to have cost of sales this month. There's going to be no marginal cost, and that's about where the good news ends. And the last financial year, they had 69 million in rental expenses. You know, that would have increased with the Ripcord acquisition. So let's assume 70 million. It, it's a big monthly expense. It's basically, Kathmandu is monthly expenses at the moment, but like Sky City, they've got no revenue. And you would have seen during the week that Harvey Norman just said to the New Zealand landlords, "We're not paying the rent." Just, we're just not going to pay it. Um, companies like Harvey Norman and Kathmandu can do that. They can probably get away with it because, you know, what can the landlord actually do? Um, at the end of the day, they've got massive store pr- store footprints. Um, it's pretty much the only thing that, that can go into the space. Um, Harvey Norman has pretty much gone, good luck finding a new tenant. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it's not like 
you try leasing out that space at the moment would be impossible. So, okay, we're getting off topic. But anyway, Kathmandu is highly leveraged. They've, they've taken on a lot of risk recently. Um, and because of the coronavirus, it's in serious trouble. Um, and they did not have, my reading of it is they did not have the liquidity to survive. Um, they're about to breach their banking covenant. So what can they do? They have to raise some money. So note 16 of the interim financial statements is headlined, Going Concern and the Impact of COVID-19. And in the final paragraph of, of that note, I'm reading directly from it here. It's, it's pretty damning. I'll read it from it. If the group does not complete its capital raise and successfully renegotiate revised terms on its banking facilities or is unable to secure alternative funding, then the going concern assumption may not be appropriate. These matters therefore indicate that there is a material uncertainty that may cast significant doubts on the group's ability to continue as a going concern. So... Put simply, they're saying, we might go broke if we do not get this money. So it's a dreadful time to raise money, and they're getting their pants pulled down because of it. Um, you know, we talked about Circo raising money at the most opportune time, just through almost dumb luck before. You know, unfortunately for Kathmandu, they're raising money at the worst time. So they're raising $207 million at, at $0.50 cents per share, which is going to be massively diluted. Maybe whack off $7 million for raising costs and say they're raising $200 million bucks pretty much. Um, it's the opposite of buy low and sell high because of the situation they find themselves in. They've got a leveraged balance sheet and a disastrous virus situation. Kathmandu has been forced to sell low. Um, they try to spin it a bit in their announcement, but it's basically a disaster for shareholders. You know, think about it in terms of your dividend. I mean, don't expect them to pay a dividend anytime soon, but last year they paid out $33 million of dividends. That's something like $0.16 cents per share. I guess there'll be another 400 million shares because of this. So in future, they're going to be able to pay out, if they if they can get to pay out $33 million in dividends again, this will be divided across more shares. And I estimate that the payout would be $0.05 cents per share instead of $0.16. Cents. So jeepers. But it's probably, yeah, it's probably better than going broke, right? It's interesting that last time Kathmandu was in serious trouble, Briscoe's had a crack at buying them. Um, they were shot down and ended up with 20% of the company. I think that Briscoe's is a better run company than Kathmandu, and I think they would have done a better job of running the company had that transaction gone through, um, personally. But Briscoe's themselves, they're not going to participate in the equity raise. At, at the moment, like everyone else, they have to mine their own net. Um, they basically came out and said that while we are supportive of Kathmandu, we need to ensure the strength of our own business, which is obviously understandable. Um, I think it would have been fascinating to see, like, you know, using our imagination here, but imagine if if Kathmandu, if it was only a Kathmandu problem, like only Kathmandu stores had to close because of the virus. I don't know, maybe it got spread through tents or something like that. But Kathmandu is the only one that's closed. It's only one closed for a month and it's going to reopen. I wonder if Briscoe's then, with no problem affecting Briscoe's, would have stepped up and taken another swing at the company. I, I guess we'll never know, but it would have been quite fascinating to see. Right, many thanks again for listening to the podcast. That's about all we have time for. I hope you enjoyed your home detention this week and I hope you enjoy it for the next week. Personally, I'm, I'm loving it. Um, as a reminder, that nothing that I say today should be considered financial advice. Um, it's just based off my own opinion. If you're looking to find out more about the podcast, go to stopmarketmovers.co.nz or find us and give it a like by searching on Facebook. Make sure also to share it with your friends. If you want to email me, it is jeremy at stockmarketmovers.co.nz. Once again, my name is Jeremy Medlin, and this has been episode 79 of the Stock Market Movers podcast for Saturday, the 4th of April, 2020. We'll see you all again next week.